So you're talking about prime time, all right? It's a prime time. Who does that, who, who used to be called prime time in the NFL? Come on. Deion Sanders. What, what team did he play for? Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys. You're right. We got, yeah, we got some, y'all are some experts up in this joint. So welcome to Crossover Church ATL. I looked up, I was praying the other day, and this is our first series of 2020, and I was asking the Lord what he wanted me to share about. And the craziest thing, I just kept hearing primetime, primetime, primetime. You ever been there before where you were confused whether it's God or yourself? This was one of those times. I'm like, primetime? Like, what are you talking about? Primetime? And sure enough, I looked up the definition of primetime, and I think we have it coming up on the screen. I'm going to read it to you. It says this, the regular occurring time at which a television or radio program is expected to be the greatest. Now, if you're old school like me, we used to have to watch like regular TV. Y'all remember like regular TV? How many of y'all remember like the rabbit ears, the, the rabbit ears? How many of y'all used to put tin foil on the rabbit ears to get it like, to really, right, to really get it really, really clearly? All right, so, and then cable came out, right? But primetime television was like the shows that came on around like 8 p.m., 9 p.m., primetime television. Monday night, we used to get the family together, watch primetime TV. We used to turn it on, and the greatest show that was ever played on the planet, ALF used to come on. Y'all remember ALF? ALF, the little alien life form. And he used to love to eat cats. Cats. That has nothing to do with the message, but it was on primetime television. So I read the definition, and the Lord says, what I want you to do is take out television and radio and put in child of God. And so I was like, okay, I want to do that. So let me read the definition now according to me and you. All right, here we go. The regular occurring time at which a child of God is expected to be the greatest. All right, now what time is that? 8 p.m. on a Monday night? 10 p.m.? Like what time is that? That means every person who is in the kingdom of God, when you wake up in your, from your bed in the morning, Guess what time it is? Prime time. I need you to say it like you mean it. Guess what time it is? Prime time. You're expected to be the greatest. Not because you're better than the next person, but because the greatest person to live forever and ever eternity lives in you. And he has a name. We call him Holy Spirit. He lives in us, right? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. That means when I wake up in the morning and I take a breath, it's prime time. Even when I got to go to work, right, and I hate my job, I don't want to go to work today. I'm kind of sick. Guess what? It's prime time because there's a bigger purpose for you going than what you can even think or imagine. And if we could change the way we think about life as a whole, we'll understand that we'll be able to walk in the fullness and the fulfillment of what God wants for us in 2020 because the word for you guys in this house it's fulfillment for 2020, and I believe that we're all going to walk into the fullness of what God wants for our life. So, prime time, right? I was listening to the song by KB. Y'all remember the song by KB? Prime time, prime time. Where's Red at? Do we got that record? You got that record? Prime time. Da, 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 prime. I don't know the words. Play it real quick. Play it real quick, Red. Prime time. Prime time. I took the losses, now it's time time. Shout out to KB, amen, right? So I was, so I was listening to that song, and, and the Lord just started to speak to me, and he says, you know, part of the verse talks about jump back right, right? And he said, we got to jump back right. And so I was thinking about, like, getting back right, 
right? Since it's 2020, a lot of us have New Year's resolutions. A lot of us say, you know what? I want to get in shape this year. That's the number one resolution in America is get in shape. And guess what? I told myself I'm going to do it this year. How many of y'all are with me? Like, I'm going to get in shape this year, right? I'm going to eat differently. I'm going to work out. I'm going to do all this stuff. But I've had a gym membership for about seven years now, and I don't go. I don't go. But it's time to jump back right. And so I was thinking, not just from a physical standpoint, I was thinking really from a spiritual context, how do we jump back right, not even just personally, but, but as a body, right? And when I was reading the scripture, Acts chapter 2 jumped out at me, and he says, what I'm trying to do in this season is get my church to operate in the fullness of what I commissioned it to do. And it's not really an it, right? It's not an organization, the church. It's an organism, right? The church is alive. The church is me and you moving together when we're walking in our gifts and our talents and our cause and our purpose. When we do it together, the Bible says that we are unstoppable. But you know how the enemy can stop us? It's the oldest trick in the book. Divide and conquer. If he could get you to separate from the family, if he could get you to pull you away to where you feel like, Oh, nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody cares what I'm going through. If he could get, just get you all alone to where you feel like nobody understands and nobody cares, woe is me. Guess what? He doesn't just want to keep you alone. He doesn't just want a foothold, right? The Bible says do not give the devil a foothold. Why? Because he doesn't want your foot. He wants your whole life. He seeks to steal, kill, and destroy and he's destroyed some things in our lives because we've allowed him to because we make dumb decisions sometimes. Or people around us make dumb decisions that affect us. But it's not the blame game right now. It's taking everything and saying, you know what, Lord, this is the year, 2020, right, where I'm going to change the way I think. I'm going to turn from different things, different people, different patterns, and I'm going to walk and I'm going to follow you, right, because it's prime time. And I'm going to jump back right. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the church for a moment. And the Lord brought this scripture to life. It's Acts 2.42. And we're going to read it, we're going to pray, and we're going to jump right in. Is that cool? Is that cool? All right, let's read this thing. If you got your Bible, you can pull it up. If not, hey, we got a Bible on the screen. But the Bible on the screen doesn't follow you home. Uh, pull out your Bible, right? Pull out your phone. Like You, you, you got to have... The word for yourself. Write this down. Maybe you say, oh, I left it at home. Write the scripture down so you could go home and read it for yourself. Acts 2, 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread, that's my favorite part, and prayer, right? And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give it to anyone who was in need. He's talking about the church. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together. They were glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Father God, we thank you for your word. We pray that it teaches us, it convicts us, and it shows us what we need to be doing 
And Father God, I thank you that your spirit lives in us. And I pray that in this season, we're able to jump back right, not only with you, God, but we're, we're on the path that you want us to walk in so that we can be full and so we can receive the fulfillment, Father, of what you want for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen, amen. So the Lord showed me four points about jumping back right in order that we can walk in the fullness of God and that he has for us in this season. The first point is this, is true unity. We have to be in real unity in the body of Christ. Real unity, right? They said that they devoted themselves, right, to the, to the teaching of the word, right, to fellowship, to breaking of bread. How many are hungry? Like, you know, like after church, we get to go eat. But I'm going to challenge y'all. Why don't y'all invite somebody else that you don't know in this room to go eat with you? You're saying, well, you know what? Just invite them. Just build with somebody that you don't know. That's what the church does. That's our, that's our call. That's our commission, Right? It's not just about what happens on Sunday morning at 1230. It's what happens Monday morning at 1230. Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Like every single day, this thing has to become a lifestyle. These men and women of the book, of the Bible, were living this thing out. They were, and so God gave us this picture of what the church is supposed to look like. Now, I said this before when I preached on, on unity in the church. Unity does not mean conformity. Right, I'm going to say that again. Unity does not mean that everybody has to look alike. The beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is we were all made in the image of God, right? You get to, you get to look at yourself in the mirror every single day, right? So hopefully you know what you look like. And we all are a, a, a reflection of God. And so the beautiful thing about God is God is diverse. Just look around the room for a second, right? Nobody looks like each other. Nobody has the same skin tone, skin color. We all have these things called fingerprints, which some, it gets some of us in trouble, right? But, but most of us, we're all different. We're made different. Our hair is different. Our smiles are different, right? We walk different. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about God. God loves diversity. He celebrates diversity. But the reality is we're all the same at the same time. Right? If you open us up, we all bleed red. Right? Our inward, our, our, our insides of our bodies are exactly the same. Right? Men have the same amount of ribs. Women have the same amount of ribs. Right? We all have two bones in our arms. And I'm not a doctor, so somebody's going to come to me afterwards and be like, no, we don't have two bones in our arms. I'm just saying the inside, we all the same. Y'all get what I'm saying, right? We all the same. And Unity doesn't mean we all have to look alike. We all don't have to dress alike. We all don't have to like the same foods. We all don't have to like lemon pepper chicken wings. <laughs> Somebody said, is that an invitation? Yeah, you invite me anytime. I'll come over. True unity does mean, though, that we're able to share each other's burdens. We're able to walk with people. Right. When you're going through something like I want to be there for you. Right. And not so that you could continue to stay in it and sit in it. I don't want to sit and mess with you. Right. But I, I will I will be here to walk through some mess with you. I will be here to pull you out of your the pit that you fell in. Right. I'll jump back in there and give you a boost. How many of y'all remember that a boost? Like I'm going to give you a boost over the fence. That's like old school. Y'all ain't with me. Unity, we rejoice when other people are, are, are doing good, right? When someone wins, I win. See, there's an issue sometimes in the church is we get jealous of what the next man has or next woman has, right? The Bible says do not covet 
what your neighbor has or your neighbor's wife. Let's get away from the wise for a second. Let's talk about just things. That's what it means. Like this person gets a new car. You're like, man, I, want, I wanted that car. The reason why they got that car, because I told them first that I was going to get that car. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Or somebody gets promoted or somebody gets a job. They're like, man, I signed up for that same job. The only reason they got that job is because I told them about the job. And then we start talking that mess. We start talking a lot, right? And, and the Bible says that, no, man, we're not, we're not to be jealous of one another. We're not to envy one another. That's your brother and that's your sister if you're in the kingdom. And so if, they, if something good is happening for them, you should celebrate them. Because the problem is we're looking for the accolades. We're looking for like, hey, we, we got it all together because we look like this. Or, hey, you know, and I got the promotion and I got this title before my name. So now I'm somebody. Right? Speaking of Miami Dolphins, right? There's a few Dolphins fans in here, right? One. All right, here we go. It's me and you. It's me and you, all right? Got to get my back after this. This guy right here, Dan Marino, has NFL records, and he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in the NFL. And to this day, right, he's in the Hall of Fame, and he has the records that no other quarterback has broken yet, right? But there's one thing he's never done. He's never won a Super Bowl. He's never, this man has never won a Super Bowl. Like Mike Vick, one of the greatest quarterbacks, right, to, to ever play the game, never won a Super Bowl, right? Well, but with Dan Marino... It doesn't make him less of a great quarterback because he never won a Super Bowl, right? There's other quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls but don't have the same records that he has. And so just because you don't win what you think is the goal doesn't mean you're less than. Doesn't mean you're not a great person or a great player in Marino's sake. So you, I'm trying to get you to understand that as a child of God, no matter how old you are, no matter how much money you have or don't have, does not mean you're less than or you're inadequate than the next person because you don't have this name before your name or this title or you haven't completed this course or you didn't graduate high school or whatever the, the thing is. You're full. You're not defined by, you know what I mean, like who man says you are. You're defined by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, as sons and daughters of the king. And true identity doesn't look like a, a social or economic status. True unity doesn't mean like, okay, you could only hang with me if, you know what I mean, like you live in a certain type of house or you drive a certain type of car. Or you could only be my friend if X, Y, Z, and you fill in the blanks. True unity is about ambassadors of the kingdom, sons and daughters of the kingdom, right? Being born out of the desire to do their parts to advance the kingdom of God. And when I look around the room, this is why we are not only here, but this is why we're alive in 2020. Because God wants to use you beyond what you can even think or imagine being used in the name of Jesus. So we got we to gotta really unify, right? This isn't about this church versus this church. This is about the kingdom of God being manifest in the city of Atlanta in the year 2020. And God right now, if you haven't noticed, he is bringing his church together for greater purposes than what we've ever experienced before in the name of Jesus. The next point is we have to get back to real praise and real worship amongst the people. Right? I always say this, and, and if you've been with me for a little while, worship 
and praise is way more than words on a screen. And what we've done in the church, we've boiled it down to a genre of music that we sing two or three songs on a Sunday. Right? Or we like Chris Tomlin, so we put him up on Spotify. Or we like this song, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with the music. The music is amazing. The music is awesome. But praise goes way beyond just some music. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. What does an inhabitation of God really look like? Right? It, it looks like more than just what happens on a Sunday. Like, I want God to inhabit me 24-7. Right? I want God, like wherever I step, I want God to inhabit this place. Right? So sometimes, I remember back in the day going to a job interview right, as a believer. I said, God, you got to go with me. Right? I don't know who I'm going to meet, but I need your favor. Like, we, we, we read the thing where it says that they praised, right? It says this, Acts 43. The Lord added to their number daily, those being saved, 47. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. How many of y'all want favor with people? I do. I want to be able to walk in a room and just God just give you this, this supernatural favor. You've been at events and, and, and parties before, and you ever seen like somebody walk in the room and they just command attention? Right? Not because of the way they look, just because of who they are. And God could do that for you. God could use a humble, little introverted person right, that's not dressed really well, and command attention of a whole city. You hear me? And so I believe that God wants to inhabit every part and every aspect of your life in 2020 so that you and I can walk in the fullness of what he has for us, and we can have favor with men and women around us. That's good news, <laughs> But sincere praise, let me tell you, sincere praise comes out of a heart that is in awe of God. Here's a question for you. When is the last time you sat back in awe of God? Right? That you say, yo, like, God, I can't believe you just did that. Or, God, I can't believe that this just happens. Like, you stand in awe of God. How many remember that the first time, the first time, some of us got to think way back, some of us got to think to last week, that God really just manifested his presence in your life, and that you just knew that it was the tangible God, Jesus, just showed up in the room. How many of y'all remember that day, right? That's what I'm talking about, when you were like, oh my God, I can't even explain. How many of y'all have had things happen to you that are unexplainable? A lot of us. Those things make us stand in awe of God, right? And my question is how we just um, boil down praise to some methods and styles and programs of songs? Or are we like living ambassadors that walk and talk and we praise Jesus every single day? See, you could praise God at work. I used to work in the car business, and some of y'all know this story, but I used to walk around and whistle. And I would be whistling to God. And sometimes I didn't even know what I was whistling. But I was just, I was worshiping God, whistling. That sounds corny, right? But, but one guy walked up to me one time, and I would do this every day sometimes. And this guy was like, listen, I got to ask you a question. I said, what's up? Is everything cool? He's like, why do you whistle all the time? And you know what I told him? I said, I whistle because I'm happy. Right? And I'm happy because Jesus saved me. 
from all kinds of mess that I was in. And so I'm giving him glory, right, by whistling. See, I wasn't singing How Great Is Our God. I wasn't singing. And those are great songs. I love those songs. But I was whistling to Jesus. And so, yeah, I was, I was doing my own worship. So in the morning, I wake up and I thank God. Last night, I woke up about 3 in the morning. My wife don't even notice. And it wasn't because the baby was crying. I woke up. How many of y'all wake up in the middle of the night and sometimes you can't go back to bed? Right? So you turn the TV on. Well, I didn't turn the TV on this time. I started to pray. I said, Lord, maybe you waking me up right now. I just want to give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor, God. I want you to inhabit this bedroom right now. I want you to inhabit my life. I want 2020 to be the greatest year that I've ever had in the history of my life. And I've been through some bad years, y'all. I've been through some rough times, but God wants more, but he desires more of us. More praise, more worship, more, worship, more honor. Right? God himself is stirred up by praises of his children. By faith. Faith activates the Holy Spirit. Right? How many of y'all ever go to ATM every week? ATM. Right? You got to put that card in, right? You put that card in, you put your PIN number in there. And the, the reason why we go to the ATM is to withdraw something. Right? Withdraw cashola. Right? If you go to my ATM, there won't be much withdrawing today. But... The reality is you have to put something in that thing in order to withdraw something. You hear me? You got to put something in the bank account before you could ever go to the ATM and withdraw something. Right? We all know that. It's simple, right? But the reality is you got to put something in your spiritual tank. Right? You got to fill up your, your, your temple with praise because it activates. It's the pin number to, to, to draw out faith and to draw out his spirit. You're saying, man, I've just been walking in this dry season. Well, that's because you haven't been depositing nothing inside of you. You're trying to, you're trying to take out. You're trying to take out, but your account is overdrawn. And now there's fees. And the fees are anxiety. And the fees are fear. The fees are sometimes sicknesses that's caused by fear. The fees are all these things, and you find yourself in this place of depression. You find yourself in this place where, woe is me, nobody understands. Well, that's because three months ago, you forgot to deposit something inside of your tank. We got to get back to the place of praise and real worship. God wants to dwell in you and through you. He wants to visit you. Why? Because he loves you. You're You're his children. A lot of us have children, right? We have children, and, and, and what would life be like if we never really, like, got to visit them or see them, right? Yeah, it, you, you want to see your children grow. You want to see your children loved. You want to see your children, right, do all these things, and it's hard. And some of us ha- haven't been able to see our children, but God, listen, God is a God that could do miracles. God is a God who restores broken things, even families, in the name of Jesus, See, sometimes what man says, no, that'll never happen. God says, no, I have the final word. But you got to move by faith, not by sight. See, the natural says no, but God says yes sometimes. Sometimes, check this out, I'm going to flip the script. Sometimes the natural says yes and God says no. And we can't fight against God's no. Sometimes it's not no, it's just not yet. We want it now. Because we think we know what's best for our lives. But God's saying no. Or he might be saying not yet. Or he might be saying go son, go daughter, run, 
run, run. God is looking for someone whose temple is empty that he could fill. And he fills it by us praising him and worshiping him as the one true God. The third thing is this, is salvation, growth, and multiplication of the body. I got a timer right here. It's clicking at me. It's saying, hurry up, Scott. It's growth, multiplication of the body of Christ. Right? Acts 2, 47, the Lord added to their number every single day. Like what? Every day people were coming into the kingdom. Why? Because of the church. Because of, the ch- because of you and me back 2,000. Now, this was written 2,000 years ago. But guess what? We're called to do the same exact very thing. Let me tell you a quick story about this. See this DJ set right here? This DJ set? Every week, Radical would bring in his turntables. Y'all seen them before. Setting all this stuff up. Right? It would take them like 45 minutes to set it up, 45 minutes to break down. And finally, I was like, yo, why don't we just get a set that we can leave here at the church? Right? Buy a set. But one thing I knew, I was like, those things are very expensive. So maybe we'll just let Radical carry everything. I said, Lulu, we probably should get a set. And Lulu hit Radical up, said, what, what kind do we need? I said, don't ask him what kind we need. He's going to pick the expensive stuff. Let's get the $300 one. I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. He emailed Lulu back, you know, and, and Lulu, I said, why don't we look on Facebook because I know what the price is brand new. Why don't we look on Facebook Marketplace? You ever been on there? Facebook Marketplace? And sure enough, one popped up, the whole set, right? And she, she emailed me on Facebook and Phil, and she said, this is the one that Radical wants. I'm like, okay, mm, that's a lot of money, Right? So what I do, I said, okay, well, let me, you know, let me get back to my old sales job, right? Let me hit this guy up and talk him down, right? I, yeah, finessed him a little bit. So I, 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 I said, hey, would you do it for half the price? I was like, what could he say? All he could say is no or yes, 50-50. The guy says no. <laughs> I can't do it for that. I've actually had this much offered, and I declined that. This is what I need. And I was like, okay, cool. I can't, we can't afford that, right? So he messaged me back on Facebook the very next day, and he says, listen, if you can do this number, which was higher than what I asked, but it was lower than what he was asking. It was kind of in the middle. He's like, I don't know why. I've already declined higher than that, but I just feel led to give it to you guys, you know, for this price, though. So he, and, he, and he said this, cash. And I was like, there's no way I could just go get that much money cash, right? I was like, I can't, you know, we're a church. I just can't pull a bunch of money out the, out the bank account without getting in trouble. So I said, yes. I said, but we're going to have to let the Lord figure out the details. So I said, cool, bring it over. So he brought it all the way from Athens, Georgia to Atlanta, and he pulled up in here Friday. Two days ago, the dude pulls up in here, and he got two of his boys with him, and he jumps out, and Radical starts setting up the stuff, and he starts playing it. And I said, well, let me show you, about, let me show you some things around here that what we do. So I, I took him to the 180 kitchen, and I was talking about what City Takers does And then this dude started to say this literally two days ago, 48 hours ago, around this time, 1 o'clock. And he was like, yo, here's the crazy thing about it. He's 32 years old. He said, I just had somebody offer me this much money. And I said no, which was way more than what we paid for. He says, for some reason when you messaged me and you told me about what you were doing, I just felt like I was supposed to sell it to you. And, I, and he said, I have no idea why. And you know what I said? I said, that was God. Right to his face. I said, that was God that did that. And he looked at me puzzled. 
just like, huh, God. And I was like, that was the Lord, bro. Like, that's who it was. And then he started to tell me about the situation he's in. Just out of the blue, he started to say, you know what? Like, I, I went through a mess with my, with my ex, um, you know, drugs, all this other stuff. I got my two kids, right? So now I have full-time custody of my children, but I couldn't afford, you know, life. I couldn't even afford to eat, so I had to move back in with my mom. So now I'm in Athens, Georgia, living with my mom, 32 years old, with two kids. And he just starts, like, spewing all this stuff out, like, just some stuff he's dealing with. Like, just randomly, 48 hours ago. And I start telling him, I'm like, listen, and he said, and he said something that, that hit me. He says, I'm just, I'm just broke, and I'm broken. And I said, yeah, you call it broken. God calls it the place of new beginnings, right? So, so when you're at the end of yourself is when you're at the beginning of what God really wants to do in your life. And I'm speaking to this man. I'm speaking to this man. I'm speaking to his heart right now, speaking to his soul. And I start telling them about what Jesus did for me. I start telling them that all things could be made new. I said, even when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I start talking about this new life in the kingdom. All things are possible. And this dude starts tearing up. And he, and he said, you need to stop talking because I'm about to cry. And I said, listen, brother, real man cries. So go ahead and do what you got to do. And this dude just starts bawling. Right here in the venue where we built right across the street, just bawling. Friday at about 1.30, 48 hours ago, bawling his head out. I led this man to Jesus, right? He says he got goosebumps all over his body. I said, listen, it's not goosebumps. It's the presence of God. And God wants to not only do that now, he wants to continue to walk with you, and he's going to put people in your life. This dude has texted me probably 20 times since then. I put him in touch with some of the brothers in the church. And why am I saying all that, right? Why am I saying all that? Oh, by the way, that's the DJ set that he gave us. And I told him it was nothing about a DJ set. It was all about him. It was all about him. God wants to multiply this thing. And you guys are the ministers of the gospel. You hear me? I did what you can do. Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Thursday at 2 o'clock. Saturday Right? The intent of the gospel is for multiplication. Right? The purpose is for the advancement of the kingdom of God. There was this, I, I, I like reading statistics, and there was this crazy stat that I read. Barna did this, uh, they're like a statistic company. They did this uh, research for 10 years, and they asked different churches all over America how many people were saved in their church. And the scary stat was about 89% of churches had nobody come to know Jesus in their church in a year. And you think about, like, nobody came to know Jesus? And so we need to jump back right. We need to get back because every day we wake up, is prime time, right? The ball is being passed to you. The ball is being handed to you. And you got to run with that ball, right? You got to run with Jesus, and he promises to make a way where there seems like there's no way. Right? But I, I looked at that stat. I said, I said, not for our church. I said that. And that's you. Right? That's us. I said, no, not for us. Right? That's not, that's not our church. That's not, you're not going to label us as zero people. Right? We got one Friday. Right? We got a bunch of people in this room that wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for us together, gathering together the way that we gather together. Amen? 
all around Jesus, the word, and the mission. The last thing is this, and I'm going to end with this. The last thing we need to see is a manifestation of his spirit. Signs, wonders, and miracles. Signs, wonders, and miracles will follow those that preach the gospel of the kingdom. Right? We read about that. We read about that in the book, in the Bible, and we read about men and women that did miracles, that seen miracles, and you say, yo, Scott, but why don't we see the same type of stuff? And I believe we don't see the same type of stuff in America a lot as much as we should see it because we have all these other options that we lean on. Right? We don't, we don't seek first the kingdom. We seek first other things and other people. Because we're, we're confused about really even hearing from God in the first place. And so we run to different people. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, having friends and pastors and leaders that you, that you, pour, you, know, that you, that you talk to and they pour into you. So I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but, but there is a greater thing. And it's Jesus. He says, my sheep know my voice. He's a good shepherd. I've shared this story before, and I hesitate sharing it again because some of y'all heard it. But I was in Budapest, Hungary in 2006. What was that, 14 years ago? And I was speaking at this, at this Christian festival, and all the nations from Eastern Europe were there. So it was all different dialects, all different languages, and there was only a small group of people that knew English. And I get these headaches sometimes. My wife will tell you I get these bad headaches that sometimes make me go lay down. You ever had a headache like that before? Like, you just got to go lay down and close your eyes. Like, crazy migraine. So I had this migraine, and I was halfway around the world, and I had to go lay down in the bed, and nobody knew English. And so I'm like, I need, like, some migraine medicine. And the one thing that works for me is Excedrin migraine. And so there was this young rapper, 17 years old, from, from Hungary. He was Hungarian knew very little English, and he was following me around, you know, just the whole time. So he followed me to the room, and I was kind of like, man, just leave me alone. You ever been there before? You're like, just please just leave me alone. Because I wasn't feeling good. And so I laid down in the bed with this splitting headache, turned off all the lights. I didn't want no sounds, and he's there, and he's talking to me, and I didn't even understand what he was saying. And I said, listen, I said, you need to go find me Excedrin migraine. I didn't even know if that existed over there. I was like, you need to go find me, Excedrin migraine. And he didn't really understand. And then he said something to me that convicted me to this day. 14 years later, I still stand convicted by it. He said, Mr. Scott, broken English. He said, can I pray for you? And I literally almost teared up in the bed. Because here I am, a minister of the gospel, came halfway around the world to minister to them, and I'm seeking first Excedrin and not the kingdom. And God used this 17-year-old kid. He laid his hands on me while I was laying in the bed, miserable, and he just started praying in a whole other language. But I felt what he was saying. You heard me? He started to speak, and he started to pray. He started to declare, and the Holy Spirit came upon me, and literally, it wasn't like I was instantly healed, but five minutes later, I had no headache. Yeah, and praise God for that. 
something as simple as a headache. But what brought me conviction wasn't that I was set free from the headache. It was that I was seeking first all these other things because I have all these options in America. Now, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not saying medicine is bad. God will use medicine. But what are we seeking first? Are we believing God for supernatural things first? Or have we prayed so much that we got so used to God not moving that we just, we just become like, all right, it's just not going to happen. We've lost our faith. We've lost our appetite for the supernatural. Isaiah 44, 3 says, I will pour water on the thirsty land, streams on dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Some of us have been walking in a dry season, and he wants to pour his water on you. And he wants to bless your descendants, your children, and your children's children, children. That ain't even born yet. Joel 2.28 says, shall come to pass afterwards. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams and young men will have vision. John 7.37, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out, if anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Holy Spirit. Whom, whom he believed, and you will receive in the last days. Revelation 21.6, he says, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give a spring of the water of life. Check this out. It ends with this, without payment. What? He will give you the spring of life so that you don't have to be in this dry place without payment. Some of us need to receive that today. And as we close, I just feel like I just feel led to pray that we unify as a family, that we multiply as a family. That we praise and we worship as a family. And that we see supernatural things and we pray and we believe for supernatural things as a family. Because his promises are his promises. He's the same God of the Bible in 2020. And I believe as we jump back right, and we wake up every day knowing that it's prime time because we're alive. Because if he would have took us home, it would have been done with us. But since you're breathing today, your heart is beating today, blood is pumping through your veins today, there's greater purpose for you to be here. It's not an accident that you're here. It's not an accident that you're hearing this message. It's not an accident that the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart. He's trying to do a new thing. He says, all the old things are passing away or have passed away. And all things, behold, all things have become new. Nothing like a new life. Nothing like a do-over or refreshing. 
I'm just going to pray right now, and I believe that God is going to manifest his spirit. How is he going to manifest his spirit? I have no idea. Because I'm not him. I just give him permission, and if you give him permission to do whatever he wants to do. Let's make this our prayer. Say, Jesus, have your way. Do what you want to do in my heart right now. I'm going to ask that everybody stand to your feet, and we're going to go ahead and pray. If you're kneeling on the floor, you can kneel on the floor. You don't have to stand, but I just feel, just feel led to have you stand. What I want you to do, sometimes we praise and we worship God and we put our hands up like this, right? I don't want to worship him right now. I want to receive something from him. And so instead of putting your hands like this, I want you to put your hands like this, almost like you're, you're begging God for something new, right? There was a man who was crippled. He was sitting by this gate called Beautiful. Peter and John just received the Holy Spirit, and he was begging for money by the gate, and he cried out with a loud voice saying, I need money. Give me money. Peter and John looked at him and says, you know what? Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. They gave him the Holy Spirit. And so I want to I be like that beggar right now. Right? I want to be like that crippled man. Some of us are crippled spiritually, right? I, I want us to cry out to God in heaven. I'm, I can't do it for you, right? The crippled man couldn't have somebody cry out for him. You have to cry out on your own. And you say, Jesus, I need you. I need your spirit, Lord. I need the newness of life. I need healing. I need deliverance. I need addictions to be broken. I need provision. I need money. I need finance, Lord. Whatever it is that you need, I'm challenging you right now as a body, as a family, to cry out to Jesus right now. Come on, on the count of three, I want to see all of us cry out. One, two, three. Come on, all over the room. Cry out like you need him. Cry out like you want him, like you've never done before. Cry out like you're in trouble. Those times you were in trouble when you cried out and you were crying. You needed to be delivered and God came through. Now you're good. And all of a sudden, you want to keep your mouth closed. Cry out to him. Good times, bad times. Mountaintops and valleys. Pour your spirit out upon all flesh right here today, God. Right here today, Lord. Baptize us afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit and your fire, God. Fire fall from heaven, God. Fall from heaven. May we feel a refreshing, God, of your Holy Spirit. May the wind of Holy Spirit blow in this room just like it did in Acts chapter 2. Come like a mighty rushing wind. Blow out anything that doesn't represent you, Lord Jesus. I pray for healing, God. Healing over our bones. Healing over sickness. Healing over diseases. Hepatitis C, HIV, whatever it is, be healed in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, God, that even the common cold and migraine headaches cannot stand in your kingdom, Lord Jesus. I pray your Holy Spirit just flow in this room. Jehovah Rapha, you are the Lord, our healer, God. I pray for divine healing in this room in Jesus' name. The doctor said it was cancer, but God has the last say. Jehovah Rapha, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. 
I pray for those that need, God. I pray for those that are going without. Jehovah Jireh, you are the Lord, our provider, God. We call upon your name and your name alone. May money come from supernatural places that we do not expect in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that you got us here today because the enemy tried to keep us home. The enemy tried to keep us distracted. The enemy tried to keep us in another city. But somehow, by your grace and your grace alone, we wound up in Atlanta, Georgia, where we're experiencing real freedom that we can't have on our own. God brought you here for greater. God brought you here for more. Some of us been wasting a lot of time, but no more in Jesus' name. Say, come on, tell the enemy no more. You had your chance. You had your chance in 2019, but no more. You had your chance, but no more. This is the year everything changes. This is the year that I walk in the fullness of what God has for me. This is the year of the restoration for my family. This is the year that you restore my marriage. This is the year that you restore my business. This is the year that you restore me. Come on, cry out to God. Come, Holy Spirit. It's prime time. Come on, y'all. Speak, speak, pray, pray. How many people in this room say, I need a miracle? I need a miracle. I need a mountain move. Raise your hand real tall. I need some mountains moved in Jesus' name. If you see somebody with their hand raised up, just put your hand on them. Put your hand on their shoulder. You don't have to know them. Come on. Y'all start to pray. Why are you waiting on me? You are the church. Come on. Why are you waiting on me? Mm. Come on, city takers. Where you at? Come on. Open up your mouth. Come on. God is evidently here. We've created an atmosphere where all things are possible to them that believe. Let's move by faith and not by sight. Come on. Jesus, come on. Devil, you have no authority. You have no authority. Stop, stop speaking to God's children. Any demonic influence, any demonic force that was sent from hell for destruction and deception, in the name of Jesus, we command you right now to be gone. In the name of Jesus, I break generational curses right now in Jesus' name. I break the cycle. The cycle stops with us right now. Man, I feel God right now. Come on. Where are the warriors at? We're the, we're the ones who will go to war like Jasmine says. Come on, I need y'all to start praying. I need y'all to start praying in the spirit all over the room. Come on. Some of us have not because we got so tired of asking. Let me tell you something. I'll release you right now to ask like you've never asked before. Cry out to King Jesus. There's a shift happening in the church. And we're the answer. We're the answer. Lord, I pray for creative miracles for every person that raised their hand and the ones that wanted to and didn't. 
there's one thing that the Lord is looking for to launch you into the fullness of what he wants for you. And I'm going to say it. I need you to receive this. It's total surrender. So, Lord, we bow before you this morning. We surrender our lives to you, King Jesus, asking you to have your way, Lord God. Do whatever you see fit that will cause us to grow, that will cause us to multiply, that will cause us to be restored unto you, God. We lay our lives down as living sacrifices. hear the Lord saying he's willing but sometimes our flesh isn't willing he says he's willing if you'll make a way if you seek him with all of your heart he says he wants to move mountains for you moved by faith. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that you can speak to the mountain and command it to move, and it will move. Break us, Jesus. Break us right now, God. Break everything off of us, Father. Speak to the roots, Jesus. The root of the bad fruit in our life. Speak to the root, Jesus. Mm. Remove the stones right now, God. Blind eyes see right now in Jesus' name. Deaf ears be open in the name of Jesus. Mm. He's saying, I'm lifting the veil from your eyes right now. He's giving you eyes to see. That's for somebody in this room. He's giving you eyes to see right now. Mm. Mm. I commission you, saying the Lord, because I believe in you. Heal the hurt in our hearts, God, right now. Those secret places that nobody knows about. The wounds, the rejection, the pain. Flood our hearts, God, right now, and may your healing touch just manifest your presence all around us. Surround us with your love and your grace and your mercy. We love you, Jesus. We love you so much. We honor you, Jesus. Jesus.